0: In the city, we gon' slide, bet I be there pronto. Me, my guys, we really live. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. In the center console, keep the simi when I ride. Little penny when I drive. In the city, we gon' slide, bet I be there pronto.
1: It's season four. It's your girl, Toya G. It's you. It's us. We back. It's the chop up show what's good everybody what's going on i'm so glad to have y'all i'm not just by myself i'm with the boy the political plug tonight we're about to have some wonderful conversations so if you in here go ahead and get comfortable get situated it's good to see you again it's good to see you after a long time happy new year all of those things go ahead and press share let everybody know we back on the block back in the building and tonight me and the plug are gonna have some amazing conversations before we get too deep into it though we gotta go ahead and you know, realize what we probably realize with our real lives, Uh, because we don't want to tell you any
0: real lies.
1: So yeah, right. I mean, did you feel what I was did, Can I no, no, yeah,
0: no, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm fucking with
1: it. <laughs> not, uh can you snap for me? I mean, yeah, I just I just I mean I mean my it's Black History Month. Don't do me like that. Um right
0: now nah, we here.
1: We'll go ahead and look, talk about it, break the news, drop it down, break it down for us.
0: All right, y'all. So, uh, we, got, we got a couple of, uh, well, a announcement to make. So, as you can see, it's just Toya and I here today, right? Uh, Conscious Lee's relationship with the show is changing slightly uh, with, you know, everything that he's doing. He's on the go a lot more. He's traveling a lot more. He, had, uh, he has a new show that yeah. he's launching, um, which means that like, you know, trying, you know, that, that time to put, you know, do certain things is kind of, is limited. So, uh he's still a part of what we do, you know what I'm saying? Like he's still a part, like we all still we are the conscious collective. Period. You feel me? Um, but he's not gonna be on the show as much, you know what I'm saying? He's not gonna be on the show as much. So y'all gonna see us on his show. We're gonna be on he's gonna be over here sometimes, but right now we at the point where we're growing multiple platforms instead of just growing the chop up, right? Like we're trying right. to we trying to grow multiple shows uh you know what i'm saying along with that so you still gonna see him he'll be around but every thursday
1: right now we don't go too far without lee you know education's elevation Y'all know i got the hoodie on i yeah. need to go cop one y'all better go get one of these uh right of the instagram go there the link tree will have a website all that information is right there so make sure y'all get tapped in with what we got going on make sure y'all stay tapped into what we got going on and make sure y'all share all of it comment with all yeah. of it interact with yeah. all of it and we'll be good I gotta jump in these comments real quick because we got uh we got we got Tyler in here always being a comedian always going crazy talk about he sold out he did not and <laughs> Tyler said I'll be conscious T we'll talk about it we'll talk about we, it hey
0: we'll talk we'll talk to you hit up,
1: hit up the plug hit up the plug
0: yeah
1: and we'll see what's yeah. good uh who else we got in here Miss Maia's is in the building Barlos is in the building uh shoot Dana D is in the building. All the homies in here. So shout out to everybody. If y'all haven't, go ahead and jump in the comments and say what's up. Don't be rude. Act like you've been here before. And if you haven't been here before, then go ahead and jump into the process of greeting our family, you know, the CHOP Nation, while we get into these conversations for the night. Shout out to Tori. What's good? And you know it. We got love for everybody. We got love for the crew. It's a conscious connection type of thing. So, you know, it's all good over here. But we're proud of our little brother and definitely excited to see what he's going to do. If y'all, too, I need to. He's up. For best social media personality with the NAACP Image Awards that's coming up, and we got to push them through with the votes. I've been voting every day, I missed a couple days. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna hold you, but I'm always going back, making sure I'm finding that link. So, seriously, go to at the Consciously right now because our brother's on the way he making moves, and he in there with people like uh, 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 what, what's man's name, Earn Your
0: Leisure, Kevin uh,
1: Stage. Kevin uh, Stage. yep, Christine. Uh, this is a bunch of amazing people who he's running against. So Let me we got to push them through, right? And make yeah. sure some beautiful things happen. Um, it's Black History Month. I said that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, absolutely, Tyler. Him versus Kev on stage. <laughs> um, and it's day two of Black History Month. And we are, are, are so super, super excited. Y'all know we always do a Black History Month awards, right? Nothing's changed. All of that is the same. So make sure y'all join us on the. You gotta be the 23rd. Of February for the Black History Month Awards, we're gonna have some amazing conversations. We're gonna have uh, some amazing reflections over the past year and really over some of our lives because some of them are kind of bigger topics that we end up talking about and get into. If y'all got some mm-hmm. categories y'all want us to, to 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 make some decisions about, drop mm-hmm. them in the comments. Right for the Black History Month Awards, we have topics. What are some of the topics that we have? Plug. Uh, with the Black History
0: Month, award. Uh, I think we had like the Kanye West before, even before recently. Like the last <laughs> Black History Month Awards, we had the Kanye West Award, where it's like, "Damn, bro, you know what I'm saying?" Like that was the t- it was it was the it was the Kanye it was the Memorial Kanye West Award, and, and the uh to get there the rubric was damn, bro, like right. oh, damn, you know who so? I think the baby might have won that award when we gave it the last time for all
1: of his <laughs> <laughs> anti Antis- 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 right. right. Uh, right. but you know we the favorite. Uh, black or trans uh, public figure. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we also, oh, sorry, black or trans, black trans public fi- uh, figure. Uh, your favorite athletes, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Both men and women. Kobe Bryant. The Kobe, Bryant, the
0: Kobe Bryant Memorial the Kobe Award. Kobe Bryant
1: Award. exactly. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, just a bunch of different things. So we're looking for suggestions. We're looking for nominations, all of that. But make sure you all tap in. Meanwhile, I'm going to do a Black History Month shout out right? And we're going to make sure we do some shout outs every week. I want to shout out Supercent, right? Supercent, if y'all not familiar with Superboat, uh follow Super, it's spelled S-U-P-A-C-E-N-T. But Supercent is a social media influencer and icon. She's been on, you know, the sites before TikTok, before all of that, just growing a following on YouTube and on Instagram and on Twitter. And Super has reached uh, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful kind of uh, momentous, uh, accomplishment that I want to shout her out for because over the course of the pandemic, outside of being a social media influencer and just kind of being very present, very funny, b- very um um, uh, I, I think engaging, very, she seemed like a cousin of yours, you know what I'm saying? Just a great relationship with her followers launched a cosmetic brand. Called the crayon case. Mm-hmm. The crayon case started off as a small project. Next thing you know, she was transitioning to warehouses. Next thing you know, she's uh you know building out her website and making a million dollars in sales, and then recently we discovered that super you know, her products are being found in Walmart right now. And so that's a big deal because we know a lot of Black black people, both in fashion and cosmetics, are creeping into spaces and places like your Walmarts, like your Targets, and really becoming important in in terms of shaping their brand in those uh, large retail uh, uh, type of outlets. And so uh, Super Today, which is her birthday, shout out to Super, happy birthday, uh, was recognized in Forbes for the fact that she was able to reach what, $50 million in sales Um, and really become one of the faces, the new faces of uh, cosmetics. I'm talking about your eyeliner, your blushes, your whole kits. So check out the crayon case, right? We definitely trying to put money in Black women's bag. Definitely trying to support the brand and product. If you know somebody doing makeup, it's Valentine's Day coming up. If you got somebody you want to make sure they're looking good, feeling good, got the newest stuff, go ahead and check out some of Super's products uh, and see what's good. But I wanted to shout out this beautiful, amazing, talented, skilled, entrepreneurial uh, leader of a black woman uh, for Black History Month and really kick out our shout outs talking about Supercent and the work that she's done to make a lot of money and give a lot of money back and do a lot of great things with the crayon case and with her brand. So shout out to Super. Uh, That's a big deal. Uh, Without further ado, and I see you Tyler. Tyler said... Yeah, never I, I thought you were gonna say best black wrestler, and I was really with that, right? Cause I, you know, I had some you know, Mark Henry, you know what I'm saying? I was gonna come with that. And then you said vote yeah. me for best black wrestler. And I don't know. I got about,
0: you. Yeah, <laughs> I, <got laughs> I got you. you.
1: It's you is you versus Mark Henry, so good luck with that. Yeah, but right. um, without further ado, let's get into some of the conversations we have for tonight. I'm gonna throw, turn it back over to the plug so we we can get into the first shot.
0: Yeah, so in honor of my man Lee, man, the conscious chop. We're going to get into the conscious top. Today, we're talking about uh, the tragedy that happened with the brother Tyree Nichols. Uh, Now, I'm I'm sure all of y'all heard, but we got to do our journalistic duties. You know what I mean? and kind of lay out the circumstances that's happened. Um, Tyree Nichols, a father of of, of a four-year-old son, right? Let's Mm -hmm. humanize this man. Um, Father of a four-year-old son, was known uh, to his family as, as an avid skateboarder and a nature photographer. He was from Sacramento, California, uh, he moved to Memphis uh, before the pandemic, right? Uh, living his life out there. Uh, on January eighth, can I add one? Detail? Yes, I'm gonna ma'am. add
1: one detail to this because it was important and it was something that her his mother, you know, made it important to kind of acknowledge about him. He was a very small man, right? He's a very slender, tall man. He was six foot three, um, maybe 145, 50 pounds or something like that. But suffered from Crohn's disease. you're not familiar with Crohn's disease it's a disease of your digestive system and really dysregulates how you process food how you absorb the nutrients from that food it dictates and determines a lot of the things you can and cannot eat and so as a result Mm -hmm. uh just to let you know just how his presence was right he was not a very big or hefty man he was i think like i said a little bit over six feet tall and about 150 pounds or so uh
0: now and that's him as the person right Mm -hmm. because a lot of times when when we talk about these instances like when we talk about George Floyd, when we talk about Breonna Taylor, we talk about them from the perspective of it being a tragedy, right? Like, but we got to remember that these was people who lived lives. Yeah. I mean, didn't want to be considered a martyr, didn't want to be considered. You know, what I'm saying a, a social icon because they was killed by the police. So, uh, but but this is this this is the part that makes him human. Um, but on January eighth, the police claim that Nichols was taken into custody after a traffic stop that involved a confrontation with two officers Uh, during the initial confrontation. The claim is that Nichols fled the scene of the traffic stop and following his arrest, Nichols complained about a shortness of breath and he was taken to the hospital in critical condition where he died the next day. Mm -hmm. His family has said that the police beat him so severely that he could not be recognized. The frustrating part about that is my mind immediately goes to Emmett Till. That's we, we that's when we learned then the gratuitous nature of anti-black violence. What that looks like, how that plays out. Matter of fact, Emmett Till's mother said straight up, I want my son to have an open casket so they can see what they did to my baby. Mm. Right. And so it was some images that even Toy and I had that was kind of graphic. So we, we, we chose to keep it away from the promo. Um, but still at the same time, you know, he that like his family is saying that they that they beat him so bad that he could not be recognized. The videos was released. The uh, Memphis Police Department recognized the situation that they was dealing with. The Mm -hmm. officers were were immediately fired. And uh, within uh, what like a week or not even a week, they released the video. Now, the video shows the officers dragging Nichols from his car and cussing him out throughout the process. You know, police police hate it when you make them run. Right. An officer attempted to tase him. But then they began to chase him. He was yelling back to them, I'm just trying to get home. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, while they were beating him, you can hear him call for his mother. Okay? The officers can be seen repeatedly punching and kicking him while he was detained. At one point, even one of the officers, an officer that's currently being investigated, is literally egging it on. While this man is calling for his mother. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh the main officers involved were all indicted. As soon as it went down, they locked them up. The reason why I'm not comfortable with that, Toya, is that of course we knew they was gonna lock the niggas up. Mm-hmm. Because we've already had examples of black officers doing wild shit, and they suffer the consequences. They suffer the consequences, usually, and so they were locked up all the uh the, the 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 four or there
1: was like five it's five black officers and i do want to make sure we have the addendum because here i think probably because of public outcry pushed it over the edge but a sixth white officer was recently uh arrested this week as well a couple of days ago for his role in participation in that assault and murder as well so six I think, I think officers that, have been fired um from the department
0: that was the one who said who egged it on if you can hear on a like, I think like say like whoop his ass hit like something, right? They, they made they made some they made some uh comment like that. Yeah. Um but I, I want to start, I want to start off by asking, and remember any any question that we add that we ask on the panel, we also ask into the chat. Absolutely. So y'all please join in. Um, but the first question I want to ask is what does the murder of Tyree Nichols expose about how we criticize policing in America? Uh, from my, uh, specifically because these officers are black mm-hmm. right? a lot of the outrage is like oh these white cops are killing black kids white cops are killing black kids these officers are black right?" Yeah. so in terms of that criticism when these type of event, events happen and it's a white officer killing a black person and, and the type of outrage that we deal with Toy, I want to know from your perspective do, does this expose anything about what's wrong with how we criticize these types of events
1: Yeah, I think you know, one of the things in a lot of you know, social media conversation has been being had about you know, the uniqueness of this type of you know, you know, crime and the way the black officers have responded to a black person and how this can possibly happen. And it has only further illuminated and demonstrated the notion that this is systemic and structural, right? That you can literally plug and play officers into a system designed to function and exist in a particular way, and you're gonna get the boop, boop, boop. Same outcome because the system is going to work how the system is built to run. And so in a lot of ways, we look at, you know, how we criticize or how we come up with these criticisms. And I think we come into time and time again, a confrontation with the machine and the machine is showing us that they don't care about no reforms, no body cams, no, no, no community policing, no. Uh, you know, increase policing and, and response to these issues, which and increased funding and access to resources. It doesn't respond to even uh, attempts to integrate programming for mental health and to do all these things because we had another black man killed uh, here in Los Angeles just a month ago because he was involved in a car accident and had a mental, uh, a, an emotional moment and over uh, a run of anxiety and adrenaline and things like that. And that was perceived as aggression and he was killed in the streets. And so there's no mm-hmm. fixing that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think the thing that we've illuminated about our criticisms is that they haven't gone far enough in that complete overhauling, like meaningful, large scale, systemic rollbacks of things like traffic policing in the first place. Right. Right? A lot of people. have But these are also piecemeal reforms because I don't want to start listing out reforms that would solve for the reforms. I think abolition. Right as Mm kind of disjointed and disconnected and unfathomable as that might be for some people to think about in our society has to start being put on the table more aggressively because we see time and time again you can catch it on camera You you got cameras in the car you got cameras sitting up a lot of communities have cameras and speakers and like sound uh absorption technology to hear when gunshots go off so that they immediately click on and you can see and observe the area that they have in the circumference of those cameras and other the right. technology.
0: It's yeah. out there
1: and it ain't stopping yeah. shit. It
0: ain't stopping right? nothing.
1: And so I think that's the biggest thing we've seen and kind of drawn from this particular issue is that got to go harder ask for more. Right? Because it's at- temperament and it's okay. I understand you got to do your job is yielding little to no results and so we have to start asking even bigger questions and you know at this point we're not asking questions and, and bigger demands on a community-based level have to be there defunding
0: didn't scare them enough right no no not at all i because and i think it's, it's, a, it's for me it's literally a question of <laughs> outrage culture yeah uh, and and I, what what's, what's happened is that outrage culture has diminished the like real like uh authentic outrage to racism Right, that that before it was a part of popular culture, before it was cool to be say racism is bad. Right, mm-hmm. what what what's ended up happening is that we've the the outrage that we see from the media, especially uh, like left wing media, that's attempting to garner that uh, what, what we would consider to be the the moral high ground. Mm-hmm. Right, they run with that, but just like you said, that outrage isn't deep enough. Like with say. Like you can't think you can't think deeply about shallow shit. Exactly. And what ends up happening is that the way that we think about policing in this country becomes something to where it's like a white versus black issue. It's it's a white, oh, these white cops killed this black kid. Yeah. These white cops killed this black kid, right? What that with what, what that obfuscates about pull I, I I hate pronouncing that word. I that
1: F- too. I thought about something. The word
0: is obfuscate, op- stone Obs. Yeah, o- yeah. You got yeah, it. Yeah. I think I said it. Obfuscate. You know, it's, it's the accent. It's the Kansas accent. Um. But what it what it confuses about policing, what it disguises about policing, right, yeah, is is actually how it's not a question of black versus white, but blackness versus whiteness. Hmm. And what and what I mean by that is that the 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 ideology of whiteness, or the epistemology of whiteness—the way that we view the world through a white lens—doesn't matter the actual person, yeah, right. It's the ideology. How were you socialized to look at particular people? Because yeah. it's a lot. Like I would argue that it's a lot of black people who have the lens of whiteness. Yeah. They have as as George Yance, what George Yancy refers to as the white gaze. You feel me? So it's like while while we sit around and do all the performative stuff, right? Like they they, they plaster his face over over uh, 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 mainstream media, right? You, you get all the headlines about it. Everybody's up in a hoopla, everybody's mad, everybody's frustrated, right? But it's all performative. Because the, when it comes to actually addressing the system of policing, we get drawn back to the black versus white conversation.
1: But you know what's interesting about the, the drawback to that conversation, and that's what I was kind of laughing at in that moment when you were saying obfuscate very eloquently, by the way. I meant no disrespect. <laughs> um, But one of the things I was thinking about was white people and people who were caught up in that 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 web of a white supremacy, you know, and really wanted to disregard and undermine the way that anti-Blackness works and has been solidified to really supplant an entire group of people. One of their favorite, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they got to be like, but us too, right? That's one of the favorite right. strategies of, right. of white people to be like, oh well, you said it's bad for you, it's bad for us too. And so white people right. very uh I think unintentionally ended up giving us the basis for the very valid criticism of the system of whiteness that is embedded in policing. Cause they're like, oh well white people get stopped and harassed and killed by the police too. And niggas was like Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you know, be mad. Nigga. You should, like, yeah. you I, so you are upset with us. Because if that is the case, if you want to play the Me Too game, then you should be over here, right? Right. That, that means you have a prolific understanding about the way that this shit is systematically and structured, structurally intended to be bad for you. It ain't no fun when that rabbit got that gun. So while you was having fun chasing our black asses up and having slave patrols and having police and transform itself, that system perfected itself. So, that any tinge of criminality that you have on you almost in certain ways forces you to, to, to have the residual stench of blackness, right? right? The system was not made for you, but the residual nature of criminality puts you in proximity to those niggas. And so, we're going to get you and harass you and, 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 and mess you up too, right? And, and mess so, you up.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that's the, and, just, and that's why, right? And that, but that's also why all lives matter is bullshit yeah because if all lives matter when
1: white people get killed by the police that should matter to you that should have been enough that should be the fact that white people out here being told by the police should be enough for that whole system and structure to be completely eradicated redone a thousand times over but for whatever reason right there is just the, the, the the your best interest once again you're missing your best interest right Right and, and, and in your face, yeah. you just your nose. What is it? Messing up your nose to spite your face, you, or so whatever it is. You cutting, you're cutting off, your off your nose. To spite your face. Spites your, your face.
0: face. Yeah. yeah. You know,
1: which is just just the worst form of self preservation. For some people who have perfected self preservation, you're doing a really bad job in terms right. of responding to just how insidious american policing really is and i think that is the part that will never cease to blow my mind real quick comments going up shout out to y'all for talking to us we definitely gonna talk back i see you and selena in here hood therapy dropping some gems miss my Asia in here uh mckenzie in here talking talking business with us we're gonna get to these comments actually i mean do you want to tap in with them a little bit now yeah let, let's 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 tap in real quick to, y'all to, have to, been. To, to highlight the comments
0: for tonight so so melodia said that remember the highest court in the land made it clear that police are not there to protect or serve, and if they aren't there to do they do those things, what are they there for? To protect mm-hmm. property, right? Police are there to protect property. They're not. They're not like if they could stop the loss of human life, cool. But their number one goal is is protecting property. So like that's, now, I'm that's sure what that we was a horrible concerned. question, but that, I mean just
1: to be clear, in terms of people who are wondering, well, what else might the police's interest be, and why aren't they responding effectively? Is that this that they're doing the job that's in their contract? I think there were. Right after wasn't it after the legal proceedings said that protect and serve there was some court case in recent history maybe after trayvon martin maybe after i forget but that came but out what they
0: said is that yeah what, what, what they said specifically was and, and i can't the, the the name of the case is on the tip of my tongue but I, it, yeah. it's not coming to me right now but ultimately what they said is that police officers are not required to stop the loss of life if it, it, like if they have the opportunity to do so, so it's not considered a dereliction of duty if somebody dies while a police officer is there, because it's not their job to make sure that they live.
1: That part, and I, I don't want to conflate this. I think this might have been in relationship to like mass shootings as well, too, in terms of police and their responsibility mm-hmm. and how they respond to those things. But either way, I think these are just two different kind of areas a Venn diagram, if you will, of examples. Of While the police are just terrible at stopping crime, solving crime, avoiding crime, not being a part of crime, not perpetuating crime yeah. themselves. It just really is a it, it's it necessitates a to take moment to really zoom out and see what really even are we talking about at this point. But more comments, my bad.
0: Uh hood therapy said once you put on a uniform and join the gang, you're now part of the gang. And, and, and that's what I was gonna it because exactly. we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk more about like that gang culture when we talk about the scorpion unit. We'll, we'll get to that after we talk, after we go over these comments. Um, Ms. Maeza said, um, until police officer precincts are held financially responsible for these crimes, mm-hmm. we'll continue to see this type of behavior. Those lawsuits and settlements don't hit their po- uh, uh pockets, taxpayers pay. That's the reality of it. And but that's the, that's the issue with government. The issue yeah. with government is that they don't they actually don't generate any revenue outside of taxes. So anytime we're dealing with the police, anytime the city pays, that's our money. And that's, that, that means that that's money that's not going back into the community because we got to pay the settlement that the police officers uh, uh, got themselves in because they weren't doing their job right. Melodious Ramblin said, I personally feel like the police almost hyping up the video was done on purpose to burn out the initial outrage. Right. To make it about, hey, that black versus white stuff that y'all be on. No, nah, that ain't what it is. Look, it's a black person. It's a black person. You on mute. You mute
2: <laughs> well
1: what i was saying was we've never seen this type of swift response and swift action before which was also very interesting to me like the the very choreographed way that the the the, the release of this was right so clearly they were conversations i feel like i heard on npr that as a result of these videos Various major cities had already been kind of prompted on the fact that the video would be released to re- prepare for protests, to re- prepare for outrage, to get national guards mm-hmm. ready and things like that. So there were already backdrop conversations about how the public outcry was going to be. Then, of right, course, right. they arrested them so swiftly, it was like, we you can't even have a chance to get mad. And then you see these black people, you know, uh, uh, perpetuating or are the perpetuators of the crime. And so, you know, they didn't let them last a second before they made sure to start charging them. Right, and so a lot of these, all of these actions were very swift and intentional, including the media coverage of it. Right, I had never seen so many tweets that were like, the images from the Tyree Nichols video will be out in four hours. Make sure you like, even you know, black people were like, you know, be ready with your with your. They were giving tips on how to stop um, live play on Twitter so that the video wouldn't automatically start playing if you were to run into it. Like, we were bracing ourselves in ways I've never seen before for that video to hit the scene. And that was just very interesting to me, but very orchestrated and very choreographed because they mm-hmm. want to control the outcome of this. I also feel like, I don't think we have grown tired of hearing about these issues after George Floyd, um, but I think mm-hmm. it is a very intentional effort by the media to, to ratchet down the coverage mm-hmm. of these particular issues, to ratchet down the conversation about this. It's being had because of public outcry and because the news is going to follow the fold of what America wants to talk about. But at the same time, we're not getting right. as much interest in detail and feedback and, and, and things like that
2: because of yeah.
1: how they try to, like, make sure they circumvent any of the criticisms in the keep same that cool. we saw with Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. Mm-hmm. They're trying to keep it's, it cool, it's right?
0: But see, that gets me that gets to my next question. How does the race of the police impact our reaction to them murdering people? How does the race of the police impact our rel- The reason why I ask that question, because I want to know, does it, does it require the same outrage? The reason why I ask is that the, the way that, that this story is being reported on, you want to know the first thing that everybody is pointing out? The first mm-hmm. thing that these media, uh, these media platforms are stating, that they're identifying, that they're noticing, it's mostly been peaceful. Mm-hmm. Niggas ain't been burning shit down. They've been in the streets, yes, but they've been on a king shit. We're like, hey, we we out here to show y'all that we are upset, mm-hmm. that we are frustrated. But the media can brag about the fact that these protests have been mostly peaceful. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Does the race of the of, of the officers impact how we should be outraged?
1: I think it has, but it shouldn't. Right. And I also think more so than the race of the officers is the swift responsiveness. I mean, and I think you can't decouple those two things because the swiftness of the response is because these is a whole bunch of black, five black officers. Right. And So I don't want to separate those things like they're two things. They're absolutely one and the same. But I think that has mystified some people who are satisfied with these piecemeal responses. Uh, mm-hmm. To a system that has been, because the, the, these were these were. Let's not forget about the qualifications and trainings of these officers, right? They were people who got four-year degrees in criminal justice and went and took all the training and did all this. So we mm-hmm. can't point to a lack of preparedness, right? We have to look at the fact that these officers acted and behaved grossly in ways oh, that were problematic. So, but we don't have to have that conversation. Their election of duty, because, but we don't have to talk about that because they're in jail right we don't have to get into how officers then if it is true that they have all this education that led to this type of event that your training is bad Mm -hmm. right at first we were like more training more training more training but they're like these officers were trained they did a bad thing we arrested them we threw them away you shouldn't have anything to say no what what are y'all teaching them let's now let's interrogate the training now the rally cry is not more training now we should be Mm -hmm. pissed off about what they are being indoctrinated with equipped with exactly
0: what exactly. pedagogically,
1: what ideologically they're being given done to do their job. So now we should have hit a pivot and instead people's response has been, well, at least they in jail. Well, okay, well. I'm gonna we'll take do. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's what mm-hmm. we're, things. we're starting I'm going to take it, further, I'm gonna take it a
0: step further. I'm going to take it a step further. We should be madder. <laughs> no, nah, for real. Yeah, We I should see. be more upset. First of all, the first myth that's been busted, shout out to the myth busters, even though they ain't, yeah. they ain't on TV no more. The first yeah. myth that should be busted is that if we had more black cops, we would see less police brutality. Mm-hmm. Get that shit out of here. Throw that out the window. The, the myth of more black cops than been busted. Just, just let it. That's why I always say time makes fools of us all. Excuse me. Time makes fools of us all. Anybody that got up there and told anybody that the, that if we had more black police officers, our policing would look different, mm. this is what's calling you a liar. This is what's telling you you got it all the way wrong. Because we expect white officers to not value black lives the way that we think they should be valued. Mm. That's the whole reason why, regardless, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of criticism with Black Lives Matter as an organization, but the phrase in and of itself, Right, was should have been an internal, an intra-racial phrase, right? So we understood what was going on. What we're seeing now, though, is we're seeing the ways in which the, the way policing operates is anti-black, regardless of who involved in it, absolutely, regardless of the faces that carry out the policing, regardless of the skin tone. Mm-hmm. Because when you can have black officers, and th- this man wasn't shot; he was beat to death. That part, I think it's like you have a better excuse to say I was scared, so I fired because I had my gun out. They these these are black people that beat this man to death, and that's we should Tyler, be more outraged.
1: Tyler pointed out a, a part of this conversation when you talk about more outraged, why we should be more outraged, and that is because he said he attributed to Ice Cube. I saw some other conversations don't really know, know who introduced this kind of perception, but it's the idea that white cops i'm sorry black cops show out for white cops because they want to show you know their gang members that they down right that they're mm-hmm. not easy on any criminal on any crime and if they have a fidelity to the mission to whatever you know the goals are that they've set up in terms of the police or whatever and so they they, they feel like they have to go out of their way to show and demonstrate but how uh reminiscent is that to slave patrols
2: mm-hmm. where
1: i mean the white folk went out there doing all the work you, you know, know we like seen, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the and, and the I can't get away this image out of my mind y'all seen the movie life right I forget dude's name but
0: about, about, the line, about the gun
1: line boss ain't working
0: about the gun
1: line about the gun line boss you know what I'm saying so <laughs> you had niggas doing the work doing the heavy lifting Man. making sure the system and structure was working how it was supposed to which is very muchly like a reflection I think of where we find these officers of black officers in general is being the worst other proponents and just to get an extra pat on the head to get a little extra thumbs up to get a extra nod and a good Ooh. job right I, I just it's hard it's hard to, know, to to fathom in the stomach but it is more outrageous and should deserve more outrage than if we were to see a white cop perpetuating these same crimes and actions because
0: because what we see with these officers is we these comments see jumping too, by the way yeah uh, yeah I'm, I'm checking them out I'm gonna get I'm gonna get mm-hmm. to them before we get to the next question um, what we see with these officers is typically what we see in in in, in like society, period. But again, when, when these types of things happen, it's easier to analyze because it's that extreme, right? We whenever a tragedy happens, we can break that down. But the normalized violence that takes place every day mm-hmm. that builds up to this type of violence, that's what we ignore. Black people that val that, that think that devaluing other black people, adhering themselves to whiteness. Mm-hmm. Adhering themselves to the values of whiteness. Those are black people that think that in order for you to be seen as valuable, you have to have a white epistemology. You have to see other black people through the lens of whiteness. Right? right. So it, right. like one of the, the, the most irritating jokes. I love Chris Rock as a comedian. The worst joke he Chris made. We
1: don't support Chris Rock here, but
0: keep going. I, the worst joke he made was the niggas versus black people joke. Mm-hmm. Because what it did is it is it solidified, the uh, well, not even necessarily solidified, it glorified mm-hmm. respectability politics in black communities. Very much. And so it's like, oh, the black people that look different from white people, that think different, that move different than white people, they're the ones that, we're going to call them black. But the black people that act like black people, shout out to Karaya the introvert, we're going to say that those are niggas. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and, and people that are critical of the word nigga, it messed their head up when I said t- when they look at me like yo, you're an intelligent black brother. No, nah, you, you, you. And then I'll be right. like, I'm a nigga, bro.
2: Mm. I'm a nigga.
0: So how does that work for you? You trying to detach me from something that I'm saying I'm a part of. Right. Right? But that's a that's a that's a tangent for another day. Right? That's a tangent for another day. Hard, nigga. We'll come back to that. though yeah, that's that's gonna be a show, but uh, but moving the conversation forward. Um, one of the one of the crazy parts about this whole story was finding about finding out about what they call the Scorpion Unit in Memphis. Mm-hmm. The Scorpion Unit uh, was developed in 2021, and it was established to address hotspots. Now, the Scorpion Unit was the unit that four of the five officers was involved were a part of in, in, in the Memphis PD, and they were established to address what they call hotspot crime mm-hmm. areas in Memphis. This same this 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 group it was disbanded about a week ago right it was disbanded a week ago but before it was disbanded the police chief applauded the scorpion unit for their mm-hmm. methods and their arrest numbers consider uh that the one thing that they pointed out was that the the police chief when he talked about the importance of the of the scorpion unit and and their hot spot Uh, policing approach mm. was that you gotta be tough on tough people. Mm. You gotta be tough on tough people, mind you. Look at what happened to Tyree Nichols. Right, he ran. Does that make him tough? Right. what's He ran. I, I I talked about
1: the the his his stature and the makeup of his body for a very specific reason. Right at the beginning of this conversation. First, he was running away from police, but also the person running away from the five, six officers who jumped him, beat him to death, were doing so to a six foot, one hundred
0: and forty five, fifty pound man. Why not? And and to be six feet and one hundred and forty five pounds, you 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 consider skinny, like you consider like I'm I'm like six two and a half, six three. Mm-hmm. I'm like two hundred something. Mm-hmm. I'm still considered skinny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, so it'll be six feet and a hundred and forty something yeah you know I mean and oh, so and so with the and so with this scorpion unit, right, it's a part of what other other units in in major cities have been have been a part of, and that's called that hot spot policing and what hot spot policing does is it looks at what they consider high crime areas, typically in urban neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and what they do is they focus a particular unit on those on on, on that area, right right. So the officers involved were a part of that Scorpion unit. But the the question that I want to ask you, Toya.
1: Hold on. You got a comment
0: on Oh, yeah. I I was letting it be seen. But Kenzie Ray said, any oppressed person that seeks a seat next to the oppressor, rather than seeks to burn the table down, is just doing work of the oppressor. Karaya said, glad y'all back. That's love. What'd you about to say, Toya?
1: Missed my agent in the mix. It was triggering, I think, reflecting on situations of being targeted by Black cops, specifically as a Black trans woman who grew up in the inner city Bronx. I've been on the receiving end of that type of violence from somebody of my race. And then Hood Therapy asked, and I know you were about to ask me a question. Selena, shout out to you. You dropping some fire comments as well. Um, mm-hmm. Hood Therapy said, if it would have been a white man, do you think the police would have done the same thing? Um, or a bunch of white men? Put mm-hmm. that on the docket um, for the question that we answer and kind of respond to the what ifs. Um mm-hmm. The situation would have been different because I think that's a, a viable question. But what were you about to ask? You was warming up for something. Uh,
0: So I wanted to know from you: Do you think hotspot policing is something that 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 can work, and that this is an outlier? Or now I, I want to add this, Joe, because we're gonna talk about Joe Biden in a second. Mm-hmm. But his justice, his Justice Department. Actually, no, this was not his Justice Department. The Justice Department. Because when they came out with this, it was a few years ago they said that hot spot policing is effective. Hmm. They said that the high, and this is the justice department, the high arrest numbers, right? It, it is actually an indication of the productivity of focusing policing in urban or what they consider more uh, crime-ridden neighborhoods. So mm-hmm. would you say that focusing on where crime happens is a more effective tactic in that, um, in that what happened to Tyree Nichols is a... Outlier, or do you believe otherwise?
1: I believe otherwise. I don't (laughs) think hot spots police really. yeah, I do, it or not. <laughs> and that's because if we're gonna talk data, we gotta talk data versus data, right? If the data that you have just talked about from the police's, the police officers and departments who have said hotspot policing is effective, we have to be able to juxtapose that data and that research with information that has persistently and consistently proven that there is no disparity in crime or no uh, uh, um, um, oversaturation of crime in Black communities in that. Communities of different colors and different races commit crimes at equal rates. There is only a level of over-policing of certain communities, which then increases the arrest rates because you're going to look for some shit. You're going to find it, especially in one particular place. And by the way, if you can't find it, you're going to orchestrate it. You're going to manufacture it. You're going to fabricate it. You're going to set up situations and circumstances for people to commit those crimes, which then justifies your hotspotting. Right. Um, And so I think what happens is Selena says it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, and that's exactly what it is, right? You literally make the crystal ball, you pour the juices in there, you put the glitter in that thing, you put the base on the screw and shake it up, and then they're like, oh, look at what it gave me. Look at what I got, right? The, you know, it's, it's really not hard math to do. And so, hot spotting I say all this to say hotspot policing is nonsensical because if my data that I brought up is true about the fact that, and that, that has been con- consistently proven throughout the years, it, which is that crime happens everywhere. If you are only picking one place to look, that means you're missing the crime elsewhere. Which means you're looking at missing crime that you could actually be doing things to solve, to change, to prevent, right? And you've decided to kind of saturate a particular area, which means you're actually missing crime because of your hotspot logic, right? So you can't rely on one set of data, as I guess what I'm saying, without relying on other, which literally says that crime is the same everywhere. It's just about where you want to focus it, which is why you get the message.
0: Exactly. That's all I'm saying. No, and, and Kenzie said, "Wait, who paid for the study, though? Because and it wasn't necessarily a study; they was just looking at data. The the mm-hmm. Justice Department was just looking at data, um, and and I guess higher arrests means better policing to them. You feel me? Um, so like like you said, Selena said it's a it's a self fulfilling prophecy." Um, Lauren Pierre asked a great question about that, that we're going to get to in just a second mm-hmm. So what do we do about intercommunal Violence when it comes to situations like this When it's a black man versus a black Cop etc Um, To answer your question Laron, I'm going to be 100% Honest with you I, already, I don't know if you just joined us We should be outraged When it's <laughs> intercommunal or when it's racial, it doesn't matter We should be more mad at this Black people we should we should be upset when police kill people anyway for the simple fact that that's not their job yeah your job ain't to take lives right your job ain't to kill people and so and ultimately go ahead go ahead no 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 i didn't mean to cut you off yeah i mean so so ultimately when we ask the question of so what do we do when it's black people we should be more mad we should we should be more we should challenge more of the system we should challenge more of how it operates when, know- when we see it happens, because then that pushes back against the idea that if we have more black people, that this wouldn't happen. Go ahead. People's
1: favorite argument is like community policing. Right. We need more black officers because we need black officers to be working in black communities so they can police things. Well, we've already de- debunked the idea that black officers are more effective because we've already identified a couple minutes ago that they actually go harder on black people nine times out of 10 to prove right? Systemically and structurally that they're down with the cause and down with the mission of policing and they're not biased, right? The same way we look at Barack Obama, we're like, why didn't he do more for black people? Because he was everybody's president. Well, why didn't black cops help support black people more? Because they're everybody's police. They got to treat everybody. And as a matter of fact, yeah. they got to do double work <laughs> to make sure their partners <laughs> and their sergeants and people looking over their soldier, so, shoulder don't think there's favoritism, right? And they so They have
0: to maintain that. Ha- I want you to finish though, but they yeah. have to maintain and, and, and recognize like, yeah, we're race traders. We, right. we don't have that racial loyalty that, that, that people fidelity, assume. At least not here. When mm-hmm. I put
1: it on, the only, only color that matters is blue, right? That's what their mm-hmm. rally cry is and what they rally around. Blue lives matter. So I say all this to say, right, it is unfortunate that, like, for example, we have to dissuade Black people from becoming officers. But it's literally like, you might as well let the white people do what they're going to do anyway, because if you send more Black people here, that could actually become more problematic, right? That could double mm-hmm. down on their investment, of cleaning up our communities that can like open up like, so it doesn't really matter. Again, I started off this conversation by saying the issue was so systemic and structural. It literally exists by plug and play. It doesn't matter how you shuffle the cards in the deck. It doesn't matter where you put them. The indoctrination of the behavior of policing, the act, the profession of policing is so insidious. It's so arduous that it covers like a canvas, Mm -hmm. right? And paints in very particular ways with very broad strokes the ways Mm -hmm. that they are responsive to real life community issues. So there is no care for intracommunal violence. They don't feel like they're a part of those communities or our community within community with us when these things happen because the color that mattered in that moment
0: was blue. They were
1: doing their
2: job. Right. Right. Because what
0: what you point out is that anti-blackness is not unique to white people. Nancy, that's why I say it's not a black versus white issue. No. It's a blackness versus whiteness issue. Because real quick, what I like, what I what I like to preach about the race is that it's a hierarchy. White at the top, black at the bottom, and everybody mm. else kind of fits in between. And so, when we want to attach ourselves to what we think is more valuable, we attach ourselves to whiteness. Mm-hmm. That's not that don't mean we attaching ourselves to white people, but we are attaching ourselves to a value system. Very much so. Right that is built off anti-blackness, right? So anybody could carry out anti-blackness. This ain't a white versus black thing. It's a whiteness versus blackness thing. The next question that I want to ask to you um, is, so there's been a lot of conversation about Joe Biden addressing police reform. I think the thing that, that we met... <laughs> sorry, <laughs> take me out to dinner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a, I don't care that was just as an aside was a great viral moment. I I, ding-bong was a thing for me.
0: Yeah, bing it bong was. was a thing for a while. But, but even after the, bing
1: bong, like the rest of it was a take me out to dinner. Like that was actually, my right. so it was a thing. But Joe Biden, we've been talking about Joseph.
0: Right, about we've him? been talking about uh, Joe Biden. And there's been calls for whatever reason for Joe Biden to do something about police reform. Now, for people who don't know, about a year ago, not even a year ago, to be honest, Joe Biden actually put forth an executive action for police reform. Specifically mm. for federal officers, but that same so so it changed how federal guidelines operated, right? Mm. Like FBI, CIA, you know those how they moved, right? There is specific things that they can't do now because of what Joe Biden spoke to, but right. at, but when we talk about local policing, he tied funding to training, like Joe Biden tied like if y'all want to get particular federal funding, you have to go go through particular federal training. It's mm. like okay, you know, that's that's what that is. But uh, but what we have to understand is that crime and punishment in local communities is not a question of the federal government. So, what I want to ask you before I respond and and you know, give the political plug analysis on Joe Biden Joe. and police reform, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, why do we jump to talking about Joe Biden when we talk about police reform? Why 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 do we immediately go to Biden? We need him to, when we talk about police reform.
1: Because we're looking for somebody who can stand up and be a presence and have enough force and another in, enough impact and influence. Um, uh, 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 three branches of the government be damned, right? So we know, we learned back in history class, it probably in sixth or seventh grade about the legislative the judicious mm-hmm. the judicial and the, judicial. the legislative branches of the government i was coming judicious executive you say legislative twice. you said legislative, legislative executive and judicial judicial mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the supreme judicial. court deal um yeah. we got
0: it's too, it's too many degrees on this panel for us to to you know
1: we got to get it right i can't be. <laughs> i with the political with the political plug and get them wrong that's unacceptable right. so we've been taught about how those systems and structures work right? But in the face of these tragedies, we're looking for the principal. We're looking for mm-hmm. the boss, like who is in charge here, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody with, with Where some does the buck stop? you know what I'm saying? And so I think that is the reason, regardless of what we know and how we know systems and structures like the United States federal government are designed to work and function in structural checks and balances and all that shit. We are hoping that at some point, Somebody can say, uncle, what's up, Trevor? What's good Which was great to have you. Um, we're looking for somebody to say enough is enough. So right. We were looking say, for Barack Obama <laughs> to say enough is enough. Right. We're looking for nope. somebody to just be like, OK, time out. That is enough. But there's no executive order coming. Right. That would outrage. That would become divisive. That would become a reason for warfare, for fisticuffs. White people against black people, police advocates versus everybody else. The police themselves mm-hmm. would quit. Would be an outrage. Would protest. Would become angry. Who knows what would happen if mm-hmm. the president were to step out of line and sign some type of executive order? So why do we look to the to the president? Is because help. We look to the pre- the president for the same reason. I'm not even gonna lie that Tyree Nichols and that uh, George Floyd called out for their parents, for their mothers mm-hmm. is somebody who's supposed to be helping running this shit. Who made a commitment? Somebody at the top. Come pull me out of this. You know what I'm saying? And so that yeah. is that toxic, weird relationship we have with wanting more from a president and a position that we know we just don't get those results from.
0: So, oh, Vans just popped up. What's good with you, Van? Shout out to Selena, Kenzie, Laron, my boy Tyler, yeah. Trevor, all of y'all that's joining us. We appreciate y'all. We back, though. We back. New year started. We back. Um, And shout out to Trevor, so this too,
1: is pointing out it's the A-holes without the term limits that are really keeping us gridlocked and not moving <laughs> forward. Oh with meaningful changes in policing it's, it's like joe it's, biden you, you know what i'm saying like i mean
2: <laughs> how you on, been in government
1: also, well, since segregation about nothing you know, what I'm saying? Like, you know what i'm
0: saying you've been in government since segregation and y'all asking him to do something what are we Listen, talking about what are we really what about? are we talking about but th- but so this is my spiel to you when it comes to joe biden and the question of, of of crime and punishment period the thing that you pointed out was you pointed out the separation of powers but the thing that we know we learned this in high school high school debate one of the first dissads that we learned was federalism yeah it was federalism that is the distinction between state government and federal government and the constitution grants state governments rights of control over things that are not specifically outlined by the constitution. So the federal government can only do things that are outlined by the constitution. If it's not specifically in the constitution, that means the states have the rights to determine them. We see this with, for example, um, Roe v. Wade, the ability for the, for the, uh, for the Supreme court to overturn Roe v. Wade was a question of states rights. So they didn't overturn it and say that, that, um, and say that abortions should be le- uh, uh, illegal. What they said mm-hmm. is that states have the ability to, to dictate determine. Yep. whether or not they're legal. Shout so out to the state example, of
1: California, it ain't perfect, but it is, it's it's good. Shout out to the, like the state of
0: Kansas.
1: Yeah, also
0: the state, one of the most conservative states in the union. But they said we are gonna ask the people what they want, and the people of the state of Kansas <laughs> said abortion should be legal. Yeah, get out of here. With that, the, that. Get out did, of here. With did that. they do that in Missouri? What What did they? What did Missouri actually had a trigger law, Toya. Yeah,
2: Missouri I mean, I had understand. a trigger. <laughs> I understand
1: that Missouri is a bad place. I don't live there. I don't pay any of my bills there. I go visit my mom. I visit my brother and sister. Hold on. Come
0: back but your, your, your area code is 816 though, right?
1: On my phone? On your
0: phone. On your it's phone. It's 2023.
1: Yeah. Nobody care about what phone numbers is from. Mine they is 913.
0: They never got. They never lived before. Mine is 913. Let's get it. Right. That, that's that's some that's some what are we what are we talking community about community? We're not here. I'm not about to have a border <laughs> war with you on the top of the show. But but okay, so we talked about federalism, right? So the question of police reform to be clear is a question <laughs> is a question of federalism, right? Yeah, the, the federal government can deny funds, federal funds to police departments in, in certain yeah. states, but Absolutely. ultimately the ways that policing happens in a particular community is dependent upon Your district attorney. And what I tell people on the internet all the time don't talk to me about Joe Biden if you don't know the name of your district attorney. That part. That part. Literally, the person that is responsible for saying this person should be charged. This person should go to jail. This person should get a plea deal. This -hmm. person gets this. That is the district attorney who is a who is a elected public official. That part in our neighborhoods. And so we get so caught up in the in the national narrative of of politics that Joe Biden, what are you doing about policing in our communities? I just read a private. Um, what are we doing about policing in our communities? Mm -hmm. Joe Biden. No, stop asking that man. He ain't got nothing to do with that. You have the ability to get registered and vote for the person that pushes them charges. And if your your investment is not on them people, and you asking me that to answer a question about Joe Biden, don't talk to me. Yeah. Don't talk to me.
1: I mean, I think Lou Lou Correa is is my representative. Shout out to Lou. Um, (laughs) I'll try to be knowing, because I don't want to think think everyone's telling me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's
2: Yeah. there's There's a few
0: people in the mix. Right, right. And so ultimately, I think when people bring up Joe Biden, it's ridiculous, right? Because it's like there there are all these other ways, there are all these other people that are responsible for our communities that we ignore to jump to talking about Joe Biden. Um we got I got a couple more questions on this topic. Let's talk. I mean, let's get through. Yeah. Um I wanna talk about the responses. Okay. The responses to People, specifically, I ain't, let's, not, let's not say responses. I want to talk about one nigga response, J- Jason Whitlock. Okay, as Kansas Cityans, we have a very specific relationship, relationship with, Jason, with Jason, Whitlock. Jason Whitlock. We've been we've been reading him in the uh in the Kansas City Star for years, but sports though, sports. Yeah. But more recently, which is Jason garbage Whitlock about as well. His take, his, his his exactly. I I'm not gonna get into his Kobe takes. Before and after he died. Yeah. We're not gonna get in that. We're just gonna talk about Jason Whitlock's response, which is a response that we see from traditional black conservatives. And that is the man shouldn't have ran. Jason Whitlock specifically said Jason Whitlock specifically said that uh and this is on Tucker Carlson. Y'all, I know y'all don't watch Tucker Carlson. The government don't Fox News don't even take take. Tucker Carlson serious because they went to the court and said that his show should not be considered news. It's entertainment. Okay? Yeah. Jason Whitlock went on there and said that what we saw from Tyree Nichols was what we see from black men who are supervised and raised by black women. Single black women. Si- single black women. Mm-hmm. So Tyree Nichols lost, to Jason Whitlock, Tyree Nichols lost his life because he was raised by a single black woman. Chat. Put y'all response in, in, in the chat. We're gonna talk about which how y'all feel. I told you. I want your response. As a black woman, you ain't got no kids though. You know how they feel Shout about out. black women. Shout out to Journey. Look, they they feel away. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Journey. I'm sorry, Journey. Let me not disrespect Journey. My child. Journey. Come on. Don't don't, <laughs> don't
2: get
0: her attention. She's listening. She's she's right over there. She's being quiet.
1: Okay. But, but, no, as a yeah, black woman, ahead. my response to Jason Whitlock on Fox News, what Tucker, Carlson, Tucker Carl- Carlson is is what it is. Every time he opens his mouth, which is just, please shut the fuck up. Like, it's hard to watch, and it's it's even more tiring to respond to. And that's largely because I mean his black woman attack is 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 very tropish at this point. It's very his go to. It's in his bag. It's kind of, you know, the sweet spot he has every time it comes to black people losing their lives. This is not the first time he's evoked uh, these types of these types of ideals about single black women. But honestly, it's exhaustion, and that's because I I hate that as much as Tucker Carlson is not news that they are white conservative uneducated people sitting eating their toast or eating their uh, Salisbury steaks or whatever the hell white people eat at dinner, their banquet uh, turkey and gravy dinners, like whatever white people have for supper um, across the country, those people are sitting and they're really just like doubling down and reinforcing the dumb bullshit that they've been taught and they've been told and been peddled over generations. And that's what hurts my heart so bad. It's not that you're hurting black women. Um, and black single parents or mothers, when you say it, it is that you're feeding the appetites, the wet appetites of white people who are just too stupid to critically think and know any better or any different, and I think that is what frustrates me the most. Um, and and so it's just disgusting. It makes my stomach turn. It's hard to watch. It's hard. It's hard to listen to. Um, and I think the fact that it's not surprising is what makes it the most painful. But I just hate that it sits and it feeds to some random white woman who, or some random white man or some random ass white people who don't even live in, within 50 miles of black people, right? Who already have these weird ass, you know, caricatures of perception. And, but it's like, who cares what they think? It's just, it's, it sucks that you are feeding them. I think that is the insatiable appetite of anti-blackness and the way that they rage through and ravish these types of images. And you just like, here you go. Here's some more shit for you to see. It, it, it makes me want to pull my hair out. Uh Ayanna said, yeah. ironically the mayor of Newark, New Jersey uh, Amari Baraka's son Said something so very similar like two, three months ago And, and I, I think What that illuminates is the fact that these are not One-off statements, these are not outlier Conversations, mm-hmm. that there are echo chambers Where weird ass niggas are saying this To each other and affirming these ideals And that shit is disgusting to Latoya, it's
0: gross It's sick, yeah. it's sick Uh, I feel like um uh, You know, I, I have to agree I think that we've We've entered a, a, a place in, and we're gonna talk more about you know certain things with black men as as we get transition closer to the end of the show. But what what I have to say is that I, like there is a that I, I don't understand the desire to to blame black women for circumstances of black men. I was raised. I didn't a even kid. know
1: this. This is about a bunch of men
0: being. Let's talk. All men about involved. All men involved. No women involved in this, right? You got, you got, because, because, like, this is the thing. Even if somebody runs, uh, what we recognize is that the police beat their ass afterwards for having to run.
1: Yeah,
0: it's not that they like, oh, we beat your ass because you ran, and that has something to do with the law. Like, nah, it's it's a personal thing, right? And so, what what ends up happening is that like we get too comfortable putting the blame on black women when the question has to stay at the understanding of policing and Mm -hmm. who should be policed and who deserves more policing. Like we talk about that hot spot, right? That's a question of, of, again, like like, like they said in the chat, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You think these people are more violent, so you're going to see more violence from them, regardless of what it is that they do. So ultimately what ends up happening is we find different ways to implicate Black people that ain't even involved It wasn't a black woman involved with this scenario, but yet they get injected into the conversation to create some level of blame. And so Jason, Jason Whitlock has been a sellout. Alan Iverson has, has spoke, you know, I feel like his, his characterization of Jason Whitlock is the best. If you want to know like the best understanding of Jason Whitlock, please Google or, or look up on YouTube, Alan Iverson, Jason Whitlock, and you will see how the anti-blackness that he espouses it's something that, again, that we see in Black conservatism that is extremely dangerous. The last thing I, want I mean, and
1: shout talk- out to Leron, but also talks about the Manosphere kind of being a perpetuator and a safe place and a safe haven to continue to peddle these thoughts, right? Different, different appendages, right? But the same octopus, if you will, when we're talking about the way that these discussions get forwarded and then uh, circulated amongst different uh, different audiences, and so definitely, uh, that's a fact. Right, we're adults, we're our, own, we're our own circumstances. Those men needed more mom, not less, regardless of color, right? They they, they needed mothering, they needed nurturing. Shout out to Trevor, like, absolutely, right? The, the kind of desire, the need probably for more mothering, for more relationship, to build relationship, to show what it means to build community as opposed to being taught that you just need to learn how to build shit, right? Mm-hmm. Those are some of the issues that we're running into and confronting with the underlayers of these types of issues. Selena says, it reminds me of the doll test White supremacy can consume anybody,
0: right? Now, now, a, no now the dog uh, test th- that I assume that she's sp- she's speaking about is when black children are, are specifically black w- girls are presented mm, which mm-hmm. dolls to play with or which dolls mm. are more beautiful, they typically look to the white dolls. Even even uh Lee, his daughter, my, my goddaughter, Izzy, um she 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 looks at the white like the little white girls as princesses. Mm-hmm. She wanted her hair blonde like the princesses, right? So it's like it like again that blackness versus whiteness issue. Not black versus white, but blackness versus whiteness. The last question I want to ask before we transition to the end of the show. Um, the last topic for the show is that um there's been a lot of disinformation, or yeah, let's just call it disinformation because nothing has yeah. been confirmed. Exactly. Um, but there's been there's been a particular narrative associated with uh Tyree Nichols and the girlfriend of one of the cops, the narrative yeah. that's out there that's being espoused is that, uh, that what they did to him was uh retaliation to him dating one of the uh, officers involved, one of their baby mothers, Ex- or girlfriends, or something like that. So, yeah, something like that. And so, the, what happened to him was was a result of, um, you know, some drama, baby mama yeah. drama. Um, nothing has confirmed this. Right. But like how 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 do we how do we internalize this? How do we how do we understand how these things take place?
1: Y'all gotta qualify your information with viable and valuable sources. So y'all know I'm a Twitter girl. Um definitely scrolling through and saw what I felt like was the the, the start and the emergence of this new breaking news about you know the Tyree Nichols saga now, right? It's being dramatized. Um uh and I guess pictures of the girl. And and one of the officers end up kind of popping up circulating. And there's all this conversation that has not been qualified or verified by any type of medium with any type of credibility. Right. So there are, you know, of course, your shade rooms. uh, I don't even think TMZ reported this. I'm not sure. And I should check that out because, you know, there's a lot of conversation about where we put TMZ, right? Are they real journalism? Are they trash journalism? Do we honor what they do? They tend to be accurate. Some people don't even really go with death announcements until it's confirmed by TMZ. But at the same time, we saw what TMZ did to Kobe Bryant. We saw the different ways that TMZ has worked to harass just a multiplicity of people and a multiplicity of issues. And I think uh, even Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson, they just were there letting go a lot of the most intimate details. And so I don't even know if they confirmed this part of the story, but I will say you had avenues like Say Cheese TV, I think, and like Rob House TV, just posting memes and shit. If you put enough of a graphic and enough of a picture and put your stamp and your icon on some shit and call it news, people start running with it. And it was very disheartening to see the amount of people who are still walking around toting this without any type of contextual and qualified and credible co-signing on this version of the narrative. And so I think it was important for us to talk about this just so that y'all make sure that we are protective of staying focused. Mm -hmm. This is not loving hip hop.
0: It's It's not loving hip hop.
1: This is it's not, not, not the This is not what was the other show from 50 Cent Power. This is not some some weird plot twisty. And if it comes out to be true, cool. We'll know that at the appointed time when avenues and outlets that we trust can kind of co-sign and say those things. But I think we got to be careful and very protective of getting lost in those narratives because it stops us from focusing on the fact that police is out here doing foul shit. There is no justification for that. Even if you let your emotions get the best of you and you and your buddies got together and tied a man, handcuffed a man with the hands behind his back and then told him uh, stop fighting, stop resisting, which is what they was out there telling that man during that stop. Right. There will still be no crime of passion, no camaraderie, no brotherhood, no defense of no I mean past that. relationship that would justify I mean them that. abusing their power. They did it because they could. Right. right. right? right. And I to me, that- Let's talk about the fact that them out there brutalizing that man, but them saying certain things so that it winds up on the, da- on the dash cam and on the the the, the chest camera. It, I don't need a justification. I don't care about the backstory of that. That is bad enough. At all. At all. That's irrelevant. At
0: all.
1: Right. And At so, all. I just I, I want us to make sure that we stay focused in these moments. None of it matters, and mm. more importantly, none of it has been verified by reputable sources mm. that we should be looking to to get our news from just you anybody can make an instagram account you didn't go through no extra hoops and hurdles to start yours you don't think these same news outlets that we are taking information and run, running from are doing the same thing think before you share think before you retweet think before you plant your flag on an, an area or a jurisdiction diction of knowledge that has little to no support right gotta ask yeah. better
0: questions now gotta ask better questions. And the last thing I'll say about about that uh before we transition into uh the social shop. um so what mm. even if like I do feel like this is misinformation right this is this is people wanting to run with narratives and things getting thrown out on the internet until it's confirmed. Let's say it does get confirmed mm. that they did date the same woman. The ability for him to beat that uh, for the individual who they were you know they were engaged they were both engaged in relationships with for him to have the ability to take that man life for him to have the ability not, even even if he didn't pass but he did but even if he didn't for him to have yeah. the ability to beat that man simply because of those circumstances it's still an issue of policing it's still an issue of policing because we should be holding police to a higher standard. Yeah. Because there's certain conversations that, that I that I was involved in the back and forth about. And, you know, people was like, well, you know, the police do that. And I, even one dude was like, man, you know, we got to treat police like we treat people on the streets. Why should we run? Like, if, if I were, you know, if somebody on the streets do X, I should. And it's like, bro, it's the police. Yeah. They have a higher standard than regular street niggas. They have a higher standard than street people. Every time. Right. And, and if something as personal as oh, we dating the same girl can be involved in the way that we understand policing, that means that we still have to challenge the way policing functions. Yeah. If personal beasts can be justified through policing, then we have an issue with policing. Yeah, I want to be I want
1: to be some asses right now. Right? I have a, I have a list of people i really don't like because i'm just like whatever but if i were to go and execute said list right done lock her up throw away the key i mean kanye west and this is not to justify him this is to give an example right but it's being arbitrated through the law for stealing somebody's phone and throwing it because they were walking so that's how easy it is for you to get catch an assault charge right
0: easy and that easy
1: you can walk around and just because you have a badge, be able to brutalize people. around said it best. I don't think people like that realize that once they take that bag off, badge off, they're just other black people to them people, mm-hmm. right? You're just another black person. But because you get behind that uni and because you get behind that badge, get real weird and real suspect in ways that we mm-hmm. don't really have a good explanation for.
0: Right. So uh, the thing that we have to pay attention to before we move on to this next topic is just, is just that at the end of the day, Regardless of the race, regardless of who's involved, regardless of the drama and the noise and the background of all of this, this is an example of where we fail in holding police accountable. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not Joe Biden. It's not Congress. Mm-hmm. It's not nobody else, but the people in the community. The community has the capacity to hold accountable the, poli- the, the people that are in charge of crime and punishment in their community with their vote. Ain't a lot else they could do. The thing they can do is vote. Me and are gonna have that conversation later when, as you know, when, when we get closer to some elections. But I, I definitely want to make sure that we pay attention to the fact that the question of policing is a question of the community and what the community allows.
1: There was a question Which, in the would, comments about how we can be supporting Tyree Nichols, uh, even outside of, uh, you know, these types of conversations. I think there are some GoFundmes that exist. I just very quickly. Uh, Google support Tyree Nichols, and I think ah, the independent released uh, an article that talked about some of the ways that you could, including like some GoFummies and things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, make sure I will just say, you know, I, because I don't have any direct sources to quote, but that you are judicious, using good judgment as you go and participate in various uh, fundraising efforts that you donate your money that is going to where you is supposed to go. So just make sure you're you're not sending stuff uh, any old place, you know, and 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 getting got. But at the same time, look for opportunities if you want to support uh Tyree Nichols family. You know, he had a child, he had a, you know, parents, people who were not expecting his untimely death, right, at uh at, at age 24. And so these mm-hmm. are all the opportunities we should be taking advantage of to do, you know, some of that community uh,
2: right.
1: uh, engagement, some of that communal support that we're gonna need, especially in a place where we're trying to transition away from policing and other institutions and systems dictating and determining our success or our failure or the level of ways that we support ourselves. We got to start, you know, getting into these mutual aid type of projects.
0: Right. So that's, that's all on the conscious chop. Um, As updates come in, we'll definitely make sure to keep y'all uh, in tune and what's going on and everything in this situation. Uh, But I do want to transition to a quick chop that we're going to do here at the end. Um, And it's, 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 this is a lot easier conversation <laughs> to be honest. Uh, So, Toya, I'm going to go ahead and transition to you for the social chat.
1: Well, over the last few weeks, uh, we uh, have been seeing the emergence of a new uh, group of people who want to make their intentions and their agendas known because they are sick and tired of black women. What's new? Uh, Right. And those uh, in particular that we're talking about are passport bros. Right. So there is a whole movement. If you get on social media, I know there are TikToks. I know there is a large YouTube presence. I know that there are uh, tweets and conversations. Even earlier, uh, I saw today uh, about hashtag passport bros on Twitter. So these are vibrant conversations that are having happening. And I want to talk to you about what a passport bro is. A passport, bro, can most easily be defined as an American man. And in this conversation, in this con- con- in the context of this conversation, we're going to talk about black men, but American men,
0: niggas. <laughs>
1: But, but the, I saw videos of white men. And this is where there's, it's important because we got niggas who are attempting to perpetuate the actions, the logics and the behaviors of white men and doing so in ways that are even more problematic and troubling than what the white men are doing, right? Because they're not doing it. They're doing it for, you know, sex tourism in a lot of ways, and because of the exoticism that they have assigned to non-black people and non-black women, right? They're doing it to kind of get some of their rocks off in that. But it's not necessarily uh to undermine the white woman, right? It's not because the white woman is so bad. They did de- that's a whole that's not really that. They're dealing with a whole nother bag of weird anti-black, anti-other, xenophobic, xenophilia, xenophobia kind of relationship that forces them or interest them in leaning into exoticism black men are using this as an opportunity not to go and explore more exotic shit well kind of i think there are tinges of that as well there's some of that xenophilia a part of it too right not a a fear of the other but such a curiosity and a captivation with the other that you go seek them out and take advantage of them but let me get to the point black men are doing it because they dislike black women and what they're doing is because they can't find what they want to call what they call traditional women. They want good traditional women, and you can read between the lines on what traditional is, right? Think about uh, June Cleaver and them, and how they was popping up to run their households. And because black women are too modern, and because they have too many complaints and too many desires and this, that, and the other, they are now taking to other countries to find women to impregnate and to marry. Now, do you have a, the video pulled up?
0: Yeah, I got it. Okay, Never I want
1: y'all to see it for themselves because I'm not making up this person. I want you all to see one of them. His name is Mr. Passport Bro. Is that what his name this is? is?
0: This nigga called himself Mr. Passport Bro, uh,
1: and he is on video right now. I want y'all to see and hear it, um, kind of talking about. Or he's he's y'all will see he's in Thailand, I believe, uh, with the person who he has chosen, who has chosen him, maybe. To to be huh. in these traditional relationships. Shout out to Vance traditional relationships. Uh you can run it whatever you ready, Plug.
2: Yeah, Thailand. This is my girlfriend. She's so pretty. She's mm-hmm. so pretty. Mm-hmm. Do, do you do you wanna introduce yourself? You wanna you wanna introduce yourself? Mmm. No, you don't want to introduce yourself. She's a little shy right now, but <laughs> she's my new girl she's my new girlfriend she's a little shy but she is pretty though I like her maybe Thank we'll you. get married someday maybe we'll have kids you know have a bunch of babies running around living the life tell them <laughs> so can you cook can you cook yes she I can cook. can cook I can clean yeah see this is why I came to Thailand to find a traditional woman <laughs> see in the United States women don't cook and clean all they do Is complaint. And we don't got time for that. That's why I got my passport. And I've left. I've left the United States to come seek a wife to have a traditional relationship. So, yeah, give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. This is my new girl right here. Mm. (laughs) So, guys, you'll be seeing her a lot more, hopefully. And, um, you know, we'll get to know each other. I hope you guys subscribe to my channel, man. More men, more United States men need to get their passports and come to Thailand. Find them a traditional wife. Find them a traditional woman because the women in the United States, they don't do us no good. They're not traditional. They don't want to be traditional. They want a traditional man without a tradition without them being traditional. So, they want traditional while they're modernized. And we don't want to modernize them. We want a traditional woman. She can cook. She can clean. She's a good woman. And I truly love this girl. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. I love her so much. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. Get your passports. Stop thinking about it. If you got to save your money, save your money. Get your passports and plan ahead. I'm out, guys. Peace. Okay. Okay. Uh,
1: so the ick, right? Uh, all the comments have kind of demonstrated this is uncomfortable. Uh, what is this shit? Um, some throw up emojis. It feels very wa- waifu seeking, fedora wearing, katana wielding, sweaty, gross milady. I haven't gotten to- that. Is a great description because I immediately saw who you described, Kinsey. So shout out to you, um, little black scent Tyler said, Why you look like the villain in the way in a, a way brother movie? So, so here's the thing. But there's a comment that I that I want to get back to, and it's Tyler's comment that says she looked blazing. And the irony in that is that you will do anything to get far, far away from black women, only to find somebody who emulates, acts, and portrays the same things that you wanted to get away from.
0: She's right? not blazing. Absolutely,
1: absolutely mind-blowing, because not blazing at all, right? But Uh, I saw another video that talked about, and I wish I would have sent this to the plug too, where it was just, it was, it was, it was a how-to, right? It was explaining like that you should get on, there was some app or some website that the man was talking about where you get on the website. Yeah,
0: go to the, go to the, uh, go to the uh, Chop Up Show Instagram. Okay. And you can see, uh, oh no, I was telling them to go do it. I was telling them them to do it. Yeah, yeah. If y'all go to the Chop Up Instagram, Mm. Make sure y'all subscribe or follow the Chop Up on Instagram. At the um, Chop Up Show. At the Chop Up Show, but it's a dude, and I'm talking about bro Look like he got it's no game, no game. He got on this stretched out polo. Listen, right? Like he Listen. don't he don't look like he cares. Like he 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 prepares himself. Listen,
1: so you know how people always like black Republicans always got that look. Or, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever heard that? Like, they yes. always, it's like, it's yes. like, it's just terrible like,
0: hairlines.
1: Like, <laughs> like it's weird. Like, it's just no, you've something's missing. And if they like, I feel like the black, uh, like, cause one of the dudes, y'all, y'all gotta go to the chop up shows page because the dude got a collar shirt on. The whole time he talking shit, the, the smoke detector's beeping in the background, drowning him out. <laughs> and then he got a collar shirt on, he got a polo, but then one of the collars is like folded into his chest like this, so it's like a regular collar over here, and then his shirt ain't even on right. He couldn't even put his clothes on good before he got on the internet to tell y'all to go About to this another this Ethiopian
0: woman that he didn't got, yeah.
1: To be misogynistic to uh, some woman in another, like it just, it blew my mind it blows my mind every time and they always got the same kind of mannerisms, the same vocal power. It just really is bad. But you know, you know, when you talk about incels and black incels is that right, right. Involuntary celibate, uh, involuntarily celibate individuals, right. Who are picking their head up out of the, 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 the sand that they stuck it in and are now trying to get back out there. These are a lot of their behavioral patterns in the way that they talk about. It's just, it's uncanny that they all move the same way. And so um, so, so this so this is yeah. the
0: thing. There's a gross element to this. Um we talked about this. Uh well first let's ask the let's ask the question. Let's ask the question. Do black men have a responsibility to look at like to look at this shit and be like nah bro that's not what it is. I've been rejected before too. It's been, sis- it's been sisters that I wanted that didn't want me. I watched anime. Mm-hmm. I play video games. I read comic books. Mm-hmm. It's been women that's, that's yeah, like back in the day. I've, I've been with, I've been with my wife for ten years plus, so it's like you know this is old. <laughs> like, this is this is old. And it's
1: also so like, I don't, I don't, there's still hope for you. There's somebody <laughs> out there. It's like it's I know that's <laughs> evidence. I don't know what else you. But you know, you
0: know what don't help is that my wife is Eritrean, so like she's, you know. But but my wife, but but this is the thing. My wife told me from the get go, if you tell me I can't do something, I'm gonna do it. This this before we before she was even my girlfriend when we was in that what do we call it? Talking phase. Talking. talking. That's that's what we called it. She told me, if you ever tell, and 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 listen, she's Eritrean, first generation. Her mother migrated here mm-hmm. um, from, from Africa, from Eritrea. Told me straight up, if you ever tell me I can't do something, I'ma do it because you said I can't. Absolutely. I heard that and was like, hell yeah. That's what the they fucking right. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, listen, I right, challenge accepted. Right, yeah. damn it. You know what I'm saying? That, that's just how I looked at it because i I've, I've because I was raised around strong women. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's, that's what I needed for me. So when I hear these dudes out there talking about how women should be acting, what's a traditional woman, Toya, you from your perspective, as a, as a black woman, mm-hmm. do you think that black men have a responsibility to respond to those type of things, to, to call out the issue with that logic?
1: Yes. And the reason okay. why... <laughs> is that there's there's nobody else who's capable of delivering that message. You don't want to hear from modern women of any race. You definitely don't want to hear from black women, right? So at what point? And in and in, and in this is the same for a lot of other issues that we that that shape and mold how black men and black black men move, how black men and black women move together, how black people move yes you are a, he is he exposed himself <laughs> no, no, but it's just like when you go yank his chain and be like bruh i've been there it's not that deep you don't have to look at it like this it's somebody like but there needs to be more accountability held because it, here's the thing and this has been the biggest criticism it's not even that you want to go find another woman somewhere else it's not even that you're interested in women that are not black it's that you're so loud about it Mm. that you're so disrespectful mm. about it and that gets me back to where i started when i talked about the fact that when white men do the shit they just out they just it's not be to be to undermine the 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 power the attractiveness the desirability of other white women it is to go and do some other weird exoticism type shit right but the, the, got- but their women are not catching any strays but somehow right uniquely black women and women in general end up having to be. It's not. It's, you don't have to attack women. Just go do the shit. Yeah. Just go. Like do don't. It. It's like when people leave social media, and they're like, "I just want to let you all know that it's why I'm leaving." Just leave. Yeah. Today's
0: just my, my last people. day on Facebook. I can't tolerate this Nobody anymore. i You can just leave.
1: Go, right. Leave. And it'll be. The, it'll have the same effect.
0: And you know these things are unspoken truths in white mm-hmm. communities. The way that white men fetishize Asian women. That's an unspoken... They We know that white men fetishize the hell out of right. Asian women. We know they do that. But it's not, oh, because white women aren't... They're not pulling their weight. <laughs> white women aren't doing what they need to do, so I'm going to go get me an Asian... No! If you want... if they When they want Asian women, it's like, hey, it's something different. I want to go, you know, do whatever. Okay, cool! Yeah. Right? But, but this is what I say about when people talk about their preference. In these instances your preference become a politic. Mm-hmm. When, when niggas say shit like, well, I don't date black women because they do X, Y, Z. Now, if, if dude was just like, hey, I like white women. I like Asian women. I like Italian women, whatever. Yeah, Like what you like. But if the reason why you involve with other women is because there's something critical or there's something demeaning that you want to say about black women, that now becomes a politic. That you're problem. now you, you, you've now embraced your anti-blackness to the standpoint where you're carrying like uh uh it's it's actually your your advertising your anti-blackness yeah. right you putting it out and that's a part of your anti-blackness is now a part of your identity when it shapes how you date you know what I mean let's not it, let's not also my bad well no that, but that's why as you say like I think as as a as a as a black man that, that watch other black men move like this. I gotta tell like I also think it's a responsibility of niggas like myself to be like, bro, you out of pocket.
1: Come on, I mean that I also feel like there while you telling bro that he's out of pocket, you should also remind bro that he's also admitting to potentially participating in a, a criminal industry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. right i think selena said sex trafficking right they also say they also want a woman who is malleable young impressionable and desperate to come to america they are bragging about being abusers basically so uh, the good version of it the better version of what's possible is that you've gone on and mystified an individual and gotten them to give up their entire life and move and just kind of abandon everything they know and love for some majestic keeping it was very interesting Dude, at the end of the video was like, if you can afford that, y'all need to save your money, save your money. My baby, my baby, let me tell you. Let me tell you, baby. Let me tell you. Let me break it to you. (laughs) If you are having to take steps to save money for an American passport, you are not prepared to bring anybody back to this country with you to have a baby with or to marry.
0: You are not. You
1: are not in a position
0: to go and find
1: a wife if you have to come up with a payment plan to buy and pay for a passport. It's not in the books for you. So, I thought that very interesting. So, either best version of this, you bringing her into some bullshit that will then set her up to be neglected, abused, and far, far away from any type of meaningful support system. Right. Or you participating, worst case scenario, in sex tourism and sex trafficking within sex tourism. Right. Which then allows for you to go over there and freely with different levels and metrics of the law and with less accountability and with much more insidious intent to go and abuse women over there or do things that allow for you to bring them back here and be a part Without of a relationships that you are able to evade.
0: Without a doubt. And, and so before we, out, before we close out, I think it's a certain element of this that, that we talked about that I want to make sure I discuss. Um and you you brought it out when you talked about uh like the, the malleable aspect I got one more video I'm going to play um, I'm going to get my insight and then we're going to get ready to. in Thailand
2: up. this is my girlfriend
0: not that one we, I don't want to hear that nigga voice
1: again yeah not at
3: all I think younger women tend to be more impressionable I think older women you know in my experience you 30 33 35 the experiences that you have at that point is just you know a little bit too much for me and, I, and, you know, I, I really think in some cases, you really can't teach an old dog new tricks. So I prefer, you know, my women to be of uh, the younger variety.
1: If a woman wants to respect you and give you the, the respect to lead and be her partner, why do you need to be, why do you need to have that level of power over her if you're not trying to manipulate someone?
3: See, it's not power. It's, it's impressionable. I've never seen a successful partnership where the other person wouldn't allow themselves to be impressed upon. If, if I'm a person and I got a vision, I got a plan, I got a whole program. I would think that the person that wants to be with me is willing to learn and willing to adopt some of the ways or even some of the principles that I have.
2: That's not impressionable. Impressionable.
0: Yeah, no, okay, so so Lee responded to that. Um Ooh. so y'all y'all go uh consciously on TikTok, Instagram, um, and you can see the whole video. You can see his response. Um, but I, what I want to point out about about like That the approach to younger women and the passport bros, it has a connection that isn't typically spoken about on social media. What we see with these, like the manosphere and and these types of individuals, are MGTOW. M G T O W. It means men going their own way, Hmm. right? And 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 it, it speaks to black men dating outside their race and dating, you know, becoming passport bros in order to, you know, establish relationships. And I think. The part that we miss about this and the reason why it's up to black, that, that why black men have to be critical of other black men is because there's mm-hmm. a subtext, there's a subtext associated with these things that actually creates what I feel is a level of deviancy, sexual deviancy. So you got this brother talking about going to, yeah. Thailand, you got the one brother talking about going to Thailand to mm-hmm. find a woman. The other brother's talking about how they prefer younger women because they're more malleable. The, the the part where these two connect that we don't typically see on these bigger, on these bigger podcasts and these bigger platforms is that these brothers also go to these places for mm-hmm. the lower consent ages. Absolutely. These brothers come from a very, very dark place on YouTube. And, and the clips that get out is not what they talk about in these dark places. I've heard mana Spearman. I've heard passport bros, even before they became a major pop culture thing, these mm-hmm. dudes was talking about how the age of consent in Brazil and Colombia and in Thailand, it's 15-16 years old. 15-16 years old. There's a level of deviancy associated with that. Can I also add in though,
1: right? Especially mm-hmm. when you talk about the deviance. We, also, we talk about sex traffic and we talk about how all these are kind of interlocking and overlapping and things like that. You say these things and I'm thinking about in America, how every now and again, and, and we don't, we haven't talked about this on the show, I think specifically, but there's a wave of us having conversations about black women and black girls being missing. Mm-hmm. Every now and again, and I think it happened last year, it happened during the pandemic, where we were having conversations about where the hell all these black women and black kids were because they were literally missing and disappearing mm-hmm. from their communities. This shit not unique. They're being snatched up. They're being engaged. They're being uh, 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 mysticized into believing certain things and captivated and following these niggas. And now they've fallen into in the situations. And so it's happening around the world. Right. Maybe in more formal terms where there is literally trafficking rings where they're happening. But one by one, right. you trafficked in the party of one. Right, I don't need a big white van or some overly right. orchestrated plan or whatever to fa- facilitate and participate in the way that pedophilia works, the way that sex trafficking works, the way that uh, mm-hmm. uh, sex abuse can happen. Right. To so those are those are right. connections I'm just making as you kind of talk about even what's happening in, in our communities and outside our front doors.
0: Right, and and that's why it's like there's a level of there's a level of sexual decency yeah and I feel like we gotta we we have to tell these brothers it's like we've like especially throughout the experience of black men in America, one of the things that we've had to deal with is being hypersexualized that we've had to deal with the circumstances of if we get accused of rape, people automatically assume that we were responsible for it because of the black brute right and I think that these brothers actually set us back, which is why we need to call it out that part because we've we've done so much work to show how. Like, these stereotypes aren't, you know, what make us us. But yet podcasts and and and, and these independent media platforms have given them the opportunity to normalize this yeah. nonsense. We are already working hard to be like, stop letting your people, like the stereotype, stop letting your uncles get away with the shit they're getting away with. Absolutely. Right? Even, even as a youngster, I, I, it always bothered me. That the women, like, or, or the young girls that, that I wanted to court in high school was getting One in other. cars with 20-something-year-old nigga. We 16, yeah. 17 years old. You were in a car with a 20-something-year-old nigga, and, and, and so with the Me Too era, we supposed to have transitioned to a thought process where we understand that those power dynamics take, make consent not be as easy of a question as we think. How mm-hmm. many of these women have gotten older and told the other young women, like, I was a fool? I thought he liked me because he thought that I was, I was like the older women. No, right. no, he was a predator. Yeah. And when we hear these brothers sitting around talking about, I want a foreign woman. I want a younger woman. It's so they can find easier prey. Yeah. I applaud black women for presenting themselves in a, in, in a way to make it feel like these dudes who want that easy prey, the hyenas, the scavengers. I yeah. ain't not right? for you over here. Right. They vultures. They're literal, they're literally vultures. They they circle around young women attempting to find the one that they could take advantage of. Yeah. And as a black man, right? A black man who's who's watched all these stories of other brothers, like hey, he was in jail for 15 years, he was in jail for 10 years, he was in jail for five years, he was in jail for a year, and they found out that he got lied on. But when you got brothers that's trying to humanize being a predator you got brothers that's trying to sit there and tell us that ah you should want a younger woman because she's Mm -hmm. malleable and then when he said it wasn't about power being able to mold a particular individual to your understanding is a question of power bro And you see it wasn't mutual you see the ability the
1: desire to be malleable to change to grow into a person to be impressionable on each other he literally was like we should be impressive about each other. My next question would have been okay so my nigga what do you have to learn? What do you What do what are you? What, what are how you are you
0: changing? Saying? How are
1: you? How doing? you saying?
0: Man,
1: come on. You know what I'm saying? So they talking themselves into circles and into lies cuz what you are saying don't check out it don't it don't pass the snip test. Right? At all. And so I don't I don't I don't know. It's ugly, it's wicked. You know y'all in the comments clearly Kind of vibing with the logic of how disgusting and grotesque it is, right? Jay Universe been in the mix, kind of uh shouting us out and hollering back at us. Uh, let me see. Is a couple other people. There was a question asked. Well, we'll start with Miss Asian's comment. It says, I've heard mm-hmm. a five percenter, which is nation of guys and earths. I've heard about five percenters over time, uh, teach lessons on it to justify dating young girls. These are the woke, conscious, pro black men. They feel young women can be molded and modeled. So, you know. While we don't necessarily honor the, the degradation of hoteps, right? Or, or that as a as a as an ideology right. or a school of thought, because there's a lot of important and uh, uh sacred knowledge connected mm. to the term hotep, that kind mm. of approach, that level of that that flavor of consciousness, we call it a level of consciousness, but that flavor of consciousness very much really has problematic underwritings in it that we have to be critical of, even as we essentialize the importance of going back. To our roots and who we are, understanding our history and who we are as people. It's some shit we need to leave there on the mm-hmm. table, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, One Panero said, "What is your view of the Nation of Islam's view of younger dating?" I think they said half your age plus seven years, which is something I'm not familiar with, so I can't speak directly to. It's my first time hearing that. Are you familiar with this yeah. kind of
0: math? Nah, n- nah, I, I ain't heard that math at all. But but in terms and and so I'm not going to say that that's not true so because we need to a part of. Directly directly a part of the uh now at the same time like these men they are talking about like 20 some of them are talking about 20 year olds you know you know like 25 like 21 22 some of them even talking about 18 19 right but the logic Mm -hmm. itself lends itself to something that's a lot more dangerous than than we would assume um but i want to say like with the nation of gods of earth with the with people in the nation of islam that's i don't want to pathologize those those groups because they it does exist there but it's not something that is a characteristic of those beliefs, right? Because I mean, especially with the nation of Islam, the whole beef with Malcolm X and uh, the honorable Elijah Muhammad was him messing with under girls, like Mm -hmm. underage girls, right? When it came, when Malcolm X found out, found out about the uh, under, like the secretaries and other people that uh, uh, honorable Elijah Muhammad was, uh, and you see, I'm, I'm, I'm even trying to kind of like say it the way that they say it. Um, when, when you see the the young girl that Elijah Muhammad was messing with, it's like that's why Malcolm X left. So hmm. we can't act like that's not something that's frowned know, upon or that, that, that has not play. been played within. Yeah, right. Um, and, and and as these groups have 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 progressed and and started to understand more things, now I'm not. I, I can't say that it doesn't exist there, but we see that we see that pop up. But the one thing I yeah. want to point out is is it's not that that thing is is inherent to these conscious circles what it is is an attachment to uh the ways in which white men have proliferated what they understand to be the power dynamics of of sexuality so um that so so my perspective on those things is we got to root out the predators you know i mean and still allow for the people in those groups to like because they're understanding the ideologies are productive but you know we can't we can't like we we can't pathologize those whole groups even though those things take place in those circles
1: definitely and like i said miss my agent just pointed out but the nation justified it malcolm called it out um mm-hmm. it's wrong how do i feel about mm-hmm. it i feel like that's that's something as much as i honor other people's beliefs and belief systems and values my personal perspective on that particular component of islam is i can't get down with it can't get jiggy um but that's yeah. just me speaking right. on behalf of me respectfully
0: so uh, so, so that was, you know what I mean? I, 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 please, chime, y'all make sure we're going to keep this conversation going. And we're going to have these clips coming out on, on, on our Instagram. Um, so we, we definitely like for y'all to chime in no on way. these uh, conversations on our social media. But you can go ahead and leave your last thoughts on this, you. Hey,
1: uh, my last thoughts are just that... Um... The Passport bros getting no hoes and they having to try real hard, it's really kind of sad, it's really kind of bad. And we should just leave them to the I'm <laughs>
2: spitting,
1: spitting tonight, man. I came in spitting, we're gonna leave this thing spitting. I'm not worried about these boys. What I will say, um, is that I'm grateful that we're back having these conversations. That when we, we tie back in, we tap back in and really thinking about some things, y'all are always welcome to meet us over at the Chop Up Show, um, at the Chop Up Show on IG and drop y'all's topics for consideration if y'all want me to give. Uh, or a plug to give a Black History Month shout out, we'll do that to somebody in particular. Don't miss out on the Black History Sh- Month show. Uh, that'll be on February 23rd. Um, but, but in between then, these next couple Thursdays, we're back in the mix. We're talking our business. Yeah. We're talking to y'all. We staying tapped in. We paying attention to a lot. We're gonna have a conversation and a guest later on this month uh, to talk about fat phobia as a social justice issue. So that's a conversation we haven't quite had yet. And I'm super excited to really get into, you know, as we look at the intersections that make us us, uh, some of the other isms that maybe are out of the paralances of race, of sex, of class, of gender, and really get us to some other ways that we find ourselves as a community um, um, marginalized. This conversation is going to be largely predicated on Black people, right, and how uh, fat phobia uniquely affects the lives of Black people Um, And has kind of shaped their realities and shaped our realities as well as other people of color in very interesting ways. That conversation, plus so many more, is in, you know what I'm saying, is is in the hamper for us to get into. Uh, Tyler is a fool. Um, Cancel this nigga. We we love him. We love Selena. We love Juan Panero. We love uh, Trevor. We love Adina been in the mix with us. Miss Maasia Vance. uh, uh, Karia. Karia, Is that how we call Kari, yeah, the introvert, Kari, been, yeah. been talking back to us and tapping in with us and always has. It's not the first time around. Uh, uh, J-Universe, you know, we take time to shout out our people. J-Universe was good. Anybody, Kenzie, was also in the comments talking to us. Lauren, it's a lot of love for all y'all sticking it out to us. It's late. Uh, we know we come on late at night, but we do that because we got some nighttime warriors, some early morning warriors who in there thugging it out with us. So shout out to y'all for being a part of the, the show. We missed uh, miss Consciously. But Consciously is never too far away. We are the Conscious Collective doing some great things. So expect some great things. Expect him to pop back up until you see him again. Go buy some merch from my brother, man. Uh, educations, Elevation, a whole bunch of other things. Research over me. Search so much stuff over at Consciously. If you go find him on the gram, if you just Google the man, a lot of his stuff will pop up um, and you can tap in with him. And then what else am I forgetting? You got to go vote for him. The NAACP Image Awards are coming up. He's up for a big category. Mm-hmm. Go to his Instagram at consciously at the consciously no just at, yeah at the consciously. Um, go to the link tree, buy the merch, uh, send your vote in. You can vote every twenty four hours, by the way. So don't just vote once. Vote every twenty four hours. We're trying to get this man pushed deep into the NAAC Image Awards. Happy Black History Month. I love y'all. I'm happy to have y'all back. Plug. Find the words. Or are we on the way out? What we doing? Yeah.
0: So uh, so we back. in season four. um we still go we're we're going we're still finishing our rebrand um the new intro will be available next week um so y'all y'all be able to see that um make sure make sure y'all keeping up with the page uh share it when you can if you're not subscribed to the instagram subscribe to the instagram subscribe to uh the youtube if you're not follow us follow us on facebook um again thumb up the video share the video anything that you miss. Y'all catch the playback. We got the clips coming out, everything, but we back at it like crack addicts. This is the chop up. Uh And yo, we out. We love y'all. And we will see y'all next week. Have a great we'll one. The show, the way that we started. Peace. In the city, we gon' going to slide. Bet I be there pronto. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord forgive me. Pay my time. Please don't have me reach inside. In the center console. Keep the semi when I ride. Little penny when I drive. In the city, we're going to slide. Bet I be there pronto.